believe we have more kids and youth here tonight than adults. And that's, that's a good thing. It's good to see that. Let's give the Lord a praise for that. But we need all the adults to get over their sicknesses and get back in here. And we've got to keep praying for everybody uh, that God heals them, touches them, mends them, and brings them back. Because people need to be here. People need the people need a touch from God, but they need to be in here in this building with us so they can be touched by God. And the presence of God will mingle through this building. We know that. We've all felt the Holy Spirit. And when we when we seek God. When we seek God with a whole heart and whole mind, with everything that we've got, God will meet you wherever you're at. And, you know, that's what we need. We all need a touch from God. You know what? This nation needs a touch from God. Our nation needs a touch from God, not just Johnson County, the United States of America. You know, we serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. And he's big enough and powerful enough that he can turn this country around. And as long as we stand on the things that we believe in, stand on faith, walk in faith and walk in the promises that he's promised for us he's going to take care of his people you know what this this our nation may not go the exact direction we want it to go but the word still says he's going to take care of us as long as we put our trust and faith in him so that's that's the direction i'm going you know i do pray for america but also i just pray for each and every one of us that god keeps his hand on us and as long as and as long as he does we're going to be all right we're going to make it through We'll make it all the way to the end. And as long as we stand true, stand our ground, keep our keep our faith, keep the faith. What does the Bible say about keeping the faith till the end? You gotta keep it all the way to the end. You can't you can't stop, huh? Yep, be saved. Until the end shall be saved. That means reading that one scripture, I wish I would have looked it up. If I could quote that scripture, you read that one scripture, it tells you it says basically if you walk away from God it's over you're done a lot of people think you can't walk away from God read the word you walk away he don't walk away from us but we can sure walk away from him and if we walk away from him and choose to denounce him denounce his power in our lives you still think he's going to accept you into heaven a lot of people do but he's not going to so we have to stand our ground we have to walk in faith all the way to the very end and if we do that We'll share heaven with him. We'll be heirs to the throne. We'll be heirs to the kingdom of God. Yes. And that's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm looking for. And as long as we continue in this walk that we're on, that's where we'll end up. So let's give the Lord a praise for his promises. Right now we're going to pray. Then we're going to move right into praise and worship. Lots of things to pray about. We're just going to pray over this service tonight. Lord God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings in each and every one of our lives. Lord, we need your power. We need your spirit to move freely throughout this building. We all need a touch from you. We all need to be blessed by you. Lord God, we're here tonight to bless you, to honor you, to love you, and to worship you. And we just ask that you accept our sacrifice of praise, Lord God, that we're, we're here to offer up to you. And we just want you to meet us here tonight and touch and meet each and every need from each and every person here. Lord God, those that are not here, meet their needs. Touch them, heal them, bless them. Lord God, just pour your spirit out on them and, and just bring them back whenever, whenever they're ready to come back, Lord God. We just need you. We need your presence here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We shall praise the Lord no matter what, right? Amen. 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 The Bible tells us love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving the Lord is worshiping the Lord. Expressing our thankfulness to Him. So, I invite you to enter in. I know sometimes, initially, it's kind of hard to, to jump that gap and maybe raise your hand or, or to... Thank God or whatever, but once you do, it becomes a lot easier. And I just urge you, uh, you'll find a whole new realm of, of uh, power and peace when you do that. So let's give God praise tonight. Join in with us. Let's let's celebrate. Thank God you are. 
One day we're going to see you, Lord. And we ain't going to be able to help but shudder and shake. Amen. Fall on our face before you, Lord, at your glory and your majesty. God, would you help us get a real good start right here living this life? Would you shake us to the core and help us know what kind of God you are? That God, you are supernatural and wonderful. You have every provision we need. God, you save the deep, deepest, darkest soul. You can heal the most intense sickness and illness. You can set the captives free and open the prison doors yes. to those that are bound. And God, tonight, Father, we just want you to know that we love you and appreciate you. And we thank you for the great things you do, Lord. We thank you for this great nation that we live in, God. But God, this country needs your help. This country needs the God kind of help. It needs supernatural help. Man can't fix the mess, God. Man cannot do what needs to be done, God. You can do what needs to be done, Lord. We call upon you on behalf of this land for the sake of this country, the United States of America. God, we call upon you. Help us, Lord. Help people confess their sins and repent everywhere. Help them look to you, Lord, and turn to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, this is our prayer tonight. Father God, you're our hope. There's no hope but you. There's no help but you, Lord, and we love you and thank you. Every way in this service tonight, bless this messenger, Lord, as he comes in just a few moments. Pray the word that comes from his mouth, God, penetrate hearts. The anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon it and administer to people lives, bodies, souls, and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. It's missions night. Missions offering night, anyway. Brothers are going to come. You heard about little Johnny, didn't you? He went to church, but every time he went to church, his daddy would give him two quarters. He'd say, now one quarter's yours, but that other quarter, put it in the offering plate. Well, little Johnny took off, he was in a hurry to get to church. He was running one day, and he ran, dropped a quarter out of his hand, rolled, and it went in the storm gutter. He said, oh Lord, there went your quarter. <laughs> That's the attitude of a lot of folks. Who's our first? God. God. We give to Him first, right? I've said this many times. Yeah, it takes money to do things in this world. It takes money for missionaries to do the work they do. It takes money for churches to operate. And God knows that what God wants is us. He wants our hearts, He wants our whole lives. Not just 10% of it, but everything. So as we give tonight, remember there's always people around this world somewhere that don't know Jesus, have never had an opportunity to even be told about Jesus. So what missionaries do, young people. They give up everything. They give up their lives over here, and they go to far remote places around the world and live, many of them, with just a, a bare survival to minister the gospel, to make a difference in somebody else's life to take some humanitarian aid to people who have none. Clothes, shoes, fresh water. That's where this goes. Not sound like a repetitious speech, but uh, sometimes we forget about that. So let's give tonight into this offering and we're gonna send it on its way and let God do with it what he chooses. Back to you guys, go right ahead. Father, thank you. Thank you tonight, God, that we even have an opportunity to give Father, we pray your blessings and multiplication, Father God, on whatever's given tonight, God, that the life that it gives will be blessed, God, and that the, the recipient, God, will be double blessed, Father. We just pray a, a blessing over this offering, Lord God, and, and uh, the people who are involved with the, uh, the this humanitarian aid, Lord God, and the spreading of the gospel. Father, we just pray your anointing upon it tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. What saved you? Amazing grace. This song will never wear out. It's been sung 47 jillion million times. And souls has responded to it throughout the ages. Now, they didn't know nothing about this. This is Adley of Totally. Acapella. Y'all sing with us this morning. Amazing grace. messenger tonight, Lord. God, we pray for added strength and anointing. Father God, just to furnish him with the very things that you know he needs, God, to minister this word. 
God, that it reaches somebody, that it penetrates somebody's heart. Lord, that it reaches into the depths of their soul tonight, Lord. Using God for your glory and name. Praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I know that sometimes the you, you kids get a little restless, but we need to do something tonight. I have some instructions from the Lord that I need to carry out before we can start. Yeah. And before we can release the kids. Sometimes when we walk into church, we walk in with the wrong armor on. Now, the Bible specifically tells me to come uh, equipped with the armor when I do battle with the enemy. That's what he tells me. He tells me I need to have the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, uh, I need to have my sword and my shield. I need to have all these things uh, equipped when I do battle with the enemy. The thing about it is, is a lot of times what we do is we come into church with the wrong armor on. We come in with the armor not to battle against the enemy. We come in with the armor that battles against God. It's, it's the kind of armor that protects people from conviction. It's the kind of armor that stops God from being able to, to, to minister to the mind and, and, and to, to be able to deal with the heart. We put on, a lot of times, we put on the wrong armor. And sometimes it's, it's really simple to shake it off. It's real simple. You, you make a, a mental note. You make a mental note that you had already made the decision that no matter what happened in the service, you weren't going to be affected by it. If you answer that question correctly, then it's a sure sign that you had the wrong armor on. You had not come in ready to receive from the Lord. You come in ready to keep him out and to keep him from meddling with you. And so after saying that, what I want to do tonight is, is Lord, give me two words. Give me two words before we come here as I begin to, to, to prepare and to get ready. And, and I want to make sure that we're clear for everybody that's watching at home. These two words are for you also. The first word is restoration. Restoration. It is God's will that his people are restored. Amen. It's God's, Amen. God's will that his people are restored. The second word is weary. Weary. And so the Lord told me specifically, he said, there are some people that, that need restoration and that are tired. Now you may be asking yourself, you may be thinking, now you're talking specifically, right? No. God said it doesn't matter. There are people that are tired. And so tonight, it doesn't matter what it is that you're tired of. All that matters is that you are tired and God knows it. See, my definition of what I'm going through is a different kind of tired than you're tired. But you're tired and I'm tired nonetheless. And so tonight we're going to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord because, see, it's his will that we restored. And this is one of the, this is a reason that we also kept the kids in here tonight because the kids didn't hear this because even though they're young people and they're our youth, they're still God's people and they still get tired too. They're still weary of things that go on at school. They need restored from some of the things that they've seen and restored from some of the things that they've had to endure. A lot of times our young people get forgotten in the battle process. And so God has not left you out, young people. He said, you're included in this. We're going to do something very simple tonight. Now, I wanted you to kick off some of the baggage tonight. I don't want you to have the same kind of, I don't want you to have the wrong armor on when I, I ask you to do this. We're going to do something real simple tonight. If you are tired, if you are tired, I just simply want you to step in the aisle. If you're tired of COVID, if you're tired of sickness, if you're tired of battle, if you're tired of things going wrong, if you're tired of uh, uh, attacks, if you're tired of not getting sleep, if you're tired of, of illnesses and, and situations that, that you can't explain that keep hitting you and keep boggling you and keep pulling on you, I simply want you to step out. If you're at home and you hear this and you connect with the weariness and restoration, if that's you and you need this, I want you to stand up wherever you're at. If you're, if you're at your couch or you're at your table, stand as a, as a representation that we are dealing with some things that we simply cannot do on our own. And God says, I know my people are tired. Amen. 
And so in, in a real simple matter, I just want you to reach your hands forth. We're reaching towards God. And tonight, I don't know in what way it's going to hit you. I don't know what way it's going to come to you. But God's desire for you right now is to restore you, to re-strengthen you, and to take your weariness away. It doesn't negate your situation. Yes, your situation is hard, but God says that I could restore your strength. I could bring it back to you. And Father, tonight, God, as we, as we come, you see everybody that's online tonight. You see everybody that's gathered in this aisle. God, you see the weariness you see the hands lifted forth of the ones that are tired of failures, tired of situations that keep failing, tired of the, the weariness in the body, tired of the weariness of the mind, tired of praying and not seeing results. Father God, you see it and you are our restorer. Father God, we come to you, God, tonight. We come to you, Father God. We come to your throne, Lord, and we seek your restoration. God, I'm asking for a blessing right now upon this congregation. These ones who have stepped out, being honest, the ones who are standing up at home, being honest that we're tired and we need you, God. Father, there are times in this battle that we don't know what to do. We're speechless at times with the things that have been going on. But, Father, we're seeking your face tonight. First and foremost, Father God, we're rearranging our priority list. We're going to stop putting things before you and we're going to start putting you first. We're going to start worshiping you first. We're going to move idols out of our life. We're going to move things to the side that have distracted us and kept us from you. God, I pray tonight, God, that we renew our commitment to you, God. If there be any commitments, God, that are off and hadn't been finalized, Father God, I pray tonight that be finalized in you. And, Father, I just pray for this tonight. As you have directed us, God, we pray for strength, strength for the weary, strength for the tired. Father God, I pray that you raise up your children. Raise us up, God, that we can continue to do the battle for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you. Thank you at home. Kids can be dismissed to your service. Thank you very much for your obedience. You can turn to the book of Galatians tonight. Galatians chapter 5. Must have been prayer, but man, if the fans ain't working, I'm burning up. <laughs> Stirred up a bit of friction. Want to have some discussion tonight, um, starting in uh, uh, verse 24 of chapter 5 of Galatians. I, I want to also, I'll tell you as we go through this, some things that God, is, you know, is, you know, as we were going through this, God showed me some things, and I hadn't quite looked at it this way before. Um, <clears throat> it always seems like, you know, as far as timing is concerned, the enemy's, the enemy's impeccable with timing. And what I mean by that is, is it always seems like when the battle is the hottest, that when when you're really when you're really enduring something, that he he'll try to come back in like the back door, and try to offer you something that you had gotten past a long time ago. And it's always funny how he does that because it's like you know you you've already got the victory you already won, you've already beat it, and then all of a sudden he brings it back around again. And it's always if you notice it's always when we're in a weak state. That all of a sudden you get, and I didn't say you gave into it. I just simply said, he'll come and he'll whisper. And, and I've heard this in, from, from two different angles. I've heard it from people who said that they were beat down and really dealing with, you know, the hardship and, and, and just dealing with a lot of things that, that, that were going on in their life at that time where the battle was the hottest. And I've heard this also from people who were fresh off of victory fresh off, just come out of a, a great season, God had blessed them, and all of a sudden, here's this temptation, and it's like, where in the world is this coming from? And, and so, so what it does is it reveals something, and, and, and it's, the, it's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. We have, a, we have a spirit, right? So when you got saved, you became a new creature. Pastor, I think you mentioned this not too long ago in your message. We became uh, a new creature, all things... Uh, old things have passed away, all things have become new. So you're a new creature, right? So you've got this new thing that you're living in, and you're enjoying the presence of God, 
and, and it's great, it's fantastic, but there is still a flesh to live in. There's still a flesh to live in. There's this, this thing that you and I have got to deal with, um, and even though I know, I know spiritually, and I've had these scriptures, I've had these scriptures, you know, wrote down, and I'm reciting them every single day to just keep this word refreshed in my mind that old things have passed away, all things have become new. That is not me anymore. That old man, that's not me. I don't do those things anymore. Chains have been cut. But you know, even though the chains have been cut, that don't stop the enemy from trying to come back and offer it, does he? It don't stop the offer. So let's look at the scripture. Let's look at let's look what it says here. Verse 24 says, And they who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections uh, and lusts. All right, just let's let's break this down and unpack it for just a second. It said, and they who are Christ's. All right, just briefly, let's define who are Christ's. Christians. Christians. All right, help me out a little bit here. Explain that. Okay. Followers of Christ. Have repented of their sins and accepted Christ as Savior. Okay. So we, we have a we have a baseline of belief. We understand that those who are Christ have repented of sin. You heard me, we were talking about this the other day. How important is it to understand that those who are in Christ have to have repented of sin? And let me remind anyone that didn't hear that, repented means you change your mind. It's not some magical happening that happens. When you repent, it means that you change your mind about what you were doing. So it makes sense when the Bible says that we, he said, those who have sinned don't sin no more. That makes perfect sense if you've properly changed your mind about it. That makes perfect sense. It's like, I'm Christ. I'm a new creature. I don't do the same things anymore. Why? Because I've changed my mind about sin. And so you, you got to, you got to, I think you got to, we got to discuss that as Christians and make sure that the newer generation understands that because for some reason there's this blurred line now about being Christ's but not repenting. How did that happen? It's because someone had developed a theology, this, this basis of belief and this idea that you could be God's and not necessarily have to turn away sin. That's some dangerous, dangerous thinking. In fact, it's just like impossible to be Christ's and to still have not changed your mind about sin. Okay, you get that? Change your mind. I didn't say alter experience. Oh, that's important because sometimes people have that as like a focal point in their life. It's like, well, I got saved when I was 10. You had an alter experience. Do you still have your mind made up about what sin looks like and how it affects you? Because you can have an altar experience when you're 10 and then change your mind and go back to uh, supporting sin again. And if you notice, I'm using that verbiage because I think if we, if we cons- consider the, the fact that you may or may not have forgotten, it takes away that gray area of saying, but I got saved. Isn't that good enough? I don't know. How do you feel about sin? You still think it's bad? <laughs> Did you ever think it was bad to begin with? So, we, we have to, we, and, I, and I get, I know kids have to be taught. I understand that. I'm just saying that repentance is, is, is con- directly connected to changing your mind. So, let's, let's go on to the next part. It says, and they who are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Okay, so we know it. We've, we've already established a baseline. So, what's crucified the flesh mean? What does that mean? If you've crucified this thing, you put it to death. You've killed this thing. Well, think about it. I mean, if this, if you allow, let's look at it this way, because I think this is an interesting way to look at it. If you allow your flesh to have whatever it wants, you would, you would have an enormously crazy life, and you'd probably be dead within a year. Think about it. If you would just allow your flesh to just have whatever it wants. Just go crazy. No restrictions. You're just going to, let's pretend like money's not even an object, which is what gets a lot of higher powered people into trouble. Mm-hmm. There's not a moral restriction. And so, yeah, you throw money on that, and then it's a, it's a large fire. So if you don't have 
a, a, a baseline of belief, a compass that guides this thing. And this thing is just totally off limits. You can do whatever you want. It's going to be enormously unhealthy for you. You're not going to end up in a good spot. And so uh, uh, you look at scripture and it's continua, It's a continual process. The crucifixion of the flesh is something you and I have to do every single day. I, when I got saved, it, it, and, and I've, I haven't actually gotten into this particular argument, but I've had some really interesting discussions where people say that once they were saved, then they're, that's it. It's a lock. I'm, I'm saved from this point out. But if I go back to doing the old things again that I had done before I met him, and not just the action, because the, the, the defense a lot of times is in the action itself. No, I've changed my mind again. I've, I've changed my mind back to the way it was before. See, I don't support true repentance anymore. <laughs> so when the, when the Bible says, and those who are, uh, are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust, you have to crucify the flesh every single day to maintain control and our place as being Christ's. Now, some would argue that. Now, I don't believe, I don't believe that you make a mistake and that, that you're excommunicated. No, I don't believe that. There's a difference between mistakes and then purposefully doing it. And I, church, you've heard pastors talked about it before. You've heard me say it before. I think it is extremely dangerous ground. There are some places in the word that do cover it. It's extremely dangerous to know that it is sin and then to still pre premeditatingly go and do it. That's some very dangerous stuff. We are walking on dangerous ground and in danger of judgment when we do something like that. So it says here, it's a very popular scripture, verse 25. It says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And I thought it was, what I always think is interesting is when, when the, the scripture is reminding us and telling us things, you think, shouldn't we already know that though? You should. But why do we have to be reminded of it? Someone tell me why this, I like verse 25, and you could actually, I could apply that and, and learn from it probably every day. Why do you have to be reminded of verse 25? Because your flesh gets in the way. Okay. This thing gets in the way, right? We said at the beginning, because we're living in this thing, right? And it doesn't mean, and that's, and that's the, I, I hope this encourages somebody, it doesn't mean total failure. If you mess up, because indeed you are in this battle and it goes back and forth. When you make a mistake, it is a mistake. God says he'll forgive. He's just to forgive. He forgives us when we make a mistake. Okay, so I'm talking about in, in light of mistakes. So when it says if we are going to live in the spirit, because we already said, what do we say in verse 24? He said we've crucified the flesh and the affections and the lusts. Because we know this thing lusts after stuff, right? We know it has affections for things other than God. As a matter of fact, the flesh doesn't really want to have anything to do with God, period. And that really helps understand some things. It really does. I, I really, aside from everything that's been going on in our society today, let's, let's put that aside for just a second. Let's put sickness and disease aside for a second. Letting the flesh have its way is one of the reasons why you don't see more people in church. Is because the flesh runs rampant, decides, calls the shots. Well, let's be honest. I mean, let's just be honest here. And everybody that's online, I don't think I'm saying anything that's that's out of order here. A lot of times when you come to church anyway, your flesh doesn't want to come. It doesn't want to be here anyway. Well, let's just be honest. It's your spirit that gets you here. Your flesh didn't want to show up. So you get the obvious out of the way. The 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 fact that there's this this tug of war and then when it comes down to actually coming in and coming to church and being a part of the body the flesh wins it's like i don't want to be there i don't want to do that now i said that in respect i obviously understand that there are a lot of people dealing with a lot of sickness so everyone that's online all of you here you don't have to go out and say that tanner said if you miss church it's because you let the flesh win but then again if it's true we need to own it Okay? I'm just being honest. So we have this flesh that we're constantly fighting against. We're trying to kick this thing. And we're just trying to keep this thing down. 
and it's it's ruling over and we have to push it get it out of here no you can't do that why because i walk in the spirit i walk in the spirit and if we're going to live in the spirit we got to walk in the spirit also so we're living there and now we're going to walk it now we're going to do it and we're actually going to go out and do the things that we talk about and that's a completely different thing than just having a conversation because we're going to talk about some interesting stuff here tonight and we might, I might say some things, and pastor's already said some things that stirred you up. But what good does it do if you don't actually go out and do it? If, if you don't actually, if you and me don't actually go out and do it, then what good is it? And, and let me add this. Why, if you're not going to do it, why did you even come? Or tune in? What was the reason? Was it merit? You did it because it maybe in a, from a from a mental standpoint, you figure it maybe gave you a little some points. Because we all fall into that trap. I'm not accusing anybody of everything, anything. Because we all fall into the trap thinking that doing a particular work somehow earns us some sort of heaven points. And God rewards works. Don't get me wrong, but it is not your salvation. And there's a this thin line that you, we got to walk and understand. That the, the things we do, have, they have their place, but they don't make you who you are in Christ. Christ does that. So we, we walk in the Spirit. We walk after the things of God. We do the things of God. What are the things of God? Well, we could go all night about that. I'm not going to spend any, uh, too much time on that. But there are some very obvious things, and I, and I would love to talk about them, but there are hot topics. I call them hot topics. There are hot topics, and I'd love to bring them up tonight, but I, I don't feel like this is the place uh, or the time to get in all the hot topic stuff. But this is the thing, church. It's the most obvious thing. Verse 25 really brings it out. You can't hide from it. Remember, don't put on the wrong armor. If we're going to live it, then we need to walk it. <laughs> there ain't no mistaking that. You can't beat that. What is that, Pastor? You can't walk it if you don't live it. <laughs> you can't walk it if you don't live it. And so there are a lot of things that applies to. There are a lot of things that applies to. Um, that applies uh, my own personal life. You know, I get angry about stuff. I'm like, hold on now. The old man got angry. The old man got angry. And I, and so I have to remind myself that I don't walk that direction anymore. And so it's kind of like an about face. You're like, well, hold on. And you kind of turn. No, I'm, I'm still going on with God. Have you, ever, have you ever tried to go to prayer and had baggage with you when you brought it to prayer? And you tried to ignore it, and God was like, "Hey, you got you got something you're carrying there." And He was basically saying, "You really need if you want to get into worship and time with Me, you really need to kick that thing off. He kick it off, get it out of the way, move it." And so, there are times that we have to um, move things aside that affect us in order to get to where we want to go with God. And that's the, that's how we walk in the Spirit. That's how we walk in the Spirit. Okay, so verse 26 says, Let us uh, not be desirous of vain glory. And it's talking about, um, um, uh, you remember uh, it was um, Solomon. It was, yeah. Uh, he said, Vanity. Everything's vanity. It's vain. It's worth nothing. He said, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Or don't get caught up in self-righteousness or works of the flesh, things that don't amount to anything. And I asked this question the other day. I told Misty, I said, I don't take this the wrong way, but I'm starting to see some of the things that Solomon said as being extremely valuable, and I get them. I'm starting to understand some things that he said. When he was looking around, and he said, what is all of this worth anyway? I'm going to live this life, then I'm going to die, and I'm going to hand it to somebody else. Why am I doing all of this? And I, got, I thought about it, and I, and I thought, wait a second. We travel at such a fast pace. Do we really realize? Do we really realize the pace that we're even going? And do we understand the ramifications of the pace in our life and how it affects us? And maybe we're traveling so fast so long that we we don't even realize when it has actually affected us in a negative way <clears throat> i would almost say that it, it that uh 
we will we'll, we'll fall or we'll get sidetracked and we still think we're doing God's work because we're going too fast. You know, it's kind of like traveling in the car. You're traveling the car, going down the interstate. How many of you have been traveling down the interstate? The, the interstate sign says 75. You were doing 85 and you missed your turn. Why did you miss your turn? I was going too fast. Okay, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of what I mean. Is we're going so fast that we miss the turnoff. And so we have to understand that, that the effects of this life, and if we're going to walk in the Spirit, there's some things that sometimes we're going to have to do that we're going to have to kind of cut off in order to get back to the place that we want to be. And that's not easy. That is not easy at all. That is difficult. I think now, Pastor and I have talked about this a little bit, um, and me and some of the other brothers have talked about it. There's some stuff going on right now in our society, and the that's challenging the church. If you, you listen, I mean, you can look around, and look at the things that are challenging the church right now. There's uh, legislation trying to come against the church, people trying to keep you out of church before it's. But what's funny is, is people trying to keep you out of church before it's even against the law. <laughs> that, that's amazing. They're trying to keep you out of church, trying to get you to, to buy into the idea that you don't even need to be there anyway. And you're a bad person if you do. The church is up against a lot of challenges right now. And there's a weeding effect going on. Not, now listen to me. There's a weeding effect going on. And what is going on is, is the ones who see it are going to rise to the challenge. They're going to say, hey... I see this. We need to pray more. We need to get in more. We need to worship more. Or whatever it takes, whatever it takes to stay connected. Because I don't think the excuse is going to work any longer. I'm too busy. I don't think it's going to work for, for, for very much longer. I think we're going to have to... Either you're going to hew out time for God and stand, or it will hew it out itself and you won't even see it, that you, you, even pass, you passed it. You missed your opportunity. It's gone. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be left. And I'm not talking about rapture per se. I'm talking about I don't want to be left behind when the move comes. You get what I'm saying? When God makes his move, when he says, hey, I need you over here, I need you over here, I want to be in that move. I don't want to still be sitting in the same place waiting on God to do something when when I never changed anything that I did, I was, I was, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The word when you're, not apostasy, um, what is it when you're, you're not as into it as you were before? What's the word? Uh, I almost said sympathetic, but that's not the right word. Um, apathy. That's it. Apathetic. You're apathetic. The church is apathetic about the things that are going on. Apathetic, kind of like, so some people are waking up, other people are staying asleep, but I believe that's the plan. We gotta weed them out. We gotta weed them out. We, we, we need the, um, the remnant. Don't forget that. The remnant is what God is looking for. He's looking for the remnant. Now, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a chess match to see if you make it or not. It's not, it's a decision. You just make the decision. You decide. But I believe these times are going to call God's people into a place that makes them do one or the other. You'll have to make a decision. You're going to have to decide how you do it. And like I said, I understand. There are things that are going on now that restrict things. I get it. I totally understand that. I respect that. I, I respect people's wishes uh, to, to distance themselves if they don't want to be close to me. I understand that. I respect that. I respect people's wishes. I'm talking about doing whatever it takes to get to God. And whatever lines you have to cross to do that, I think you better do it. I think you better do it. Okay. Um, chapter 6. Let's just move on here. and I'm going I'm to kind of go through because we're running out of time. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. Now let's let's talk about that for just a minute. What's what's the content here of verse one in chapter six? What it, what is being said? If a man be overtaken in a fault, 
you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. What do you think? Anybody going once? Okay. You and I are in this together. Why? Why are we in this together? Well, the answer is in verse 24 of chapter 7, which you are Christ. We're going to go ahead and make the assumption that everybody that's on and that's in here is Christ. So we're what? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. You've heard that terminology before, right? We probably don't realize how true that really is. So we're, we're, we're in the kingdom. We're kingdom believers. So we are together. We are, I've heard it termed before, we are closer in the kingdom than we would be if you and I were blood brothers and sisters on earth. We're closer than that. So that's, that's, that's a kingdom family. And so what it says is, is if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual restore such a one. And what are they talking about? Are they just talking about any old dandy out here? No, because they're not listening anyway. That's the ones that, you, I mean, of course, you want them to come and receive salvation, but that's not what we're talking about here. Who are we talking about? The church. church. Someone else that believes just like you. Now, now at the beginning, and I, I made another reference to it earlier, about the armor. And, and this goes back to, let me go back to the armor again, just, just briefly. Often, when a brother approaches another brother or a sister approaches another sister, we've got the wrong armor on. We don't have the armor on to fight the enemy. We've got the armor on to fight our brother or sister. We've got that thing. We've got, you know, we got two or three breastplates on. You know, because that's not righteousness anymore. That's self-righteousness. And it's, it's, I don't need your help. Listen, that is a temptation. I'll tell you, that is a temptation that comes to me often. I don't need no one's help. Let's be honest. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. That goes, you can hear it. The enemy's like, you don't need any help. You don't, don't worry about asking anybody for prayer. Nobody cares about praying for your little old stuff. That's the enemy. Because, and, and I'm going to, I'll explain this here. This is talking about someone who is literally, that is a believer that is going out and that is in a fault. They're in a sin. They're doing things they shouldn't do. And you have to go and restore them. Meaning, I have to come to you and say, brother, do you know and understand that it is against our belief and against the kingdom? That you are cheating this person or hurting this person. Do you, do you understand that? See, we're talking about a restoration. That's an interesting process, too, because most of the time that doesn't get done. Why? Because the armor's up. It's like if I go up there, they're going to cut me up. I'm afraid to come to them and tell them anything. They'll hate me for the rest of the day. I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel it's better just to try to help them at a distance. And it's a, and, and it's a sad thing that we feel like we can't approach people. But... A question that you might ask yourself is, am I approachable? Am I approachable? No, I'm not always approachable. My wife can tell you that. I'm not always approachable. And what what's, goes with that is that you, I think everybody knows when they're not, or I'm sorry, when they are being uh, unapproachable. I think everybody knows that. Spouses, do you not know when you're being unapproachable to your spouse? There's certain ways that you act. There's certain things that you say you're like, you know, kind of like, not today. We do that with people, too. We don't do it the same way. But we give them kind of like the cold shoulder, like, I don't need your help. you got to be careful when that happens because that's your flesh. That's your flesh trying to have its way. We don't need any help. And see, the enemy would love nothing more than to convince a part of your flesh to be resurrected and come back to life again. Uh, mainly, Pride. This is one of the biggest downfalls of, of Christianity, is our pride. The fact that we, and, and pride is directly connected to the fact that we don't want no help. So, he said, uh, and, and restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, humility, considering yourself lest you be tempted. Meaning, you're, you help them in the spirit of meekness, not in the spirit of, I can't believe you fell to that. What's wrong with you? That's not a spirit of meekness, right? That's arrogance. And arrogance is very dangerous in Christianity. It's like, it's like blood in the water. I mean, it's, it's bad stuff. And so 
He says, consider yourself, lest you be tempted, lest you be the one that falls into the same situation that they're in. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What? My burdens are heavy. If you were, now, there was everybody, it looked like everybody stepped in the aisle earlier, which was a blessing. If you were to ask everybody, and, and I'm just using this as an example, what is the weight of your burden? Everybody would tell you that the weight of their burden is heavy. But here's the thing. You don't know the weight that someone else is carrying. See, well, I mean, I can't, I, can't, I can't really explain it. If we were all to talk about it, you would say, my burden is heavy. My burden is heavy. My burden is heavy. I, we could all say our burden is heavy, but I actually don't know the weight that you carry. And that's where humility kicks in. It's because it's understanding that you don't know what they're going through. You do not know that. It is impossible to know it. And so there is humility there. There has to be humility in order to reach out to another brother or sister and say, can I help you? Can I help you? There's humility. It's a give and take. There's humility on the other end to receive the help. There's humility there. Yes, I need some help. I'm tired. Or I'm tempted. Right? I'm going through some things. I think, and, and, I, and I mean this in, in a deep respect, I, I completely respect the you know, people who've been in military who, who deal with PTSD. It's an awful thing for people to have to deal with. And I don't mean this lightly, but I truly, I truly believe that there are some people that have dealt with spiritual warfare for so long and dealt with certain things that I think there's a spiritual PTSD, which is people that, that just, it affects them in the long term, the battles and the things that they've had to go through. They are not the same when they come out. They've been through some things. And so we can't assume, ever assume, that you know the weight of somebody's burden. And to think, oh, you'll be all right. I made it through mine. You can make it through yours too. It doesn't work like that. So we, so the Bible says to bear one another's burdens and to so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. <laughs> that's, that's really good. If a man thinks uh, himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So really the only question left to ask is, are you deceived? Are you deceived about what you're, uh, where you stand? But let every man prove his own work, and then by uh, shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Let him who is taught in the word communicate unto him who teaches in all good things. Uh, verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's powerful stuff. We were actually talking about this in Sunday school uh, this last week. Um, the, the ability... Uh, that you have to sow and to reap. That's actually a privilege that God gives you. He gives it to you. Uh, that you have the ability to sow uh, uh, and to reap what you've sown. So, and we'll connect all this together as we end this. For whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now I wanna, I'm going to... Let's just take that verse there, and let's talk about the, the power to sow and, and to reap. So what does it mean? What does it mean when it says you have the power or the ability to sow to the flesh? What does that mean? If you're sowing to the flesh, what are you doing? Okay, sinful things, right? And maybe it's not always black and white. Maybe it's not necessarily what we would call... Uh, these major sins, and most of the time we have these things, you know, kind of these ideas of what we would call sin. Some, sometimes it's, it's things that don't necessarily fit in those categories. Okay, so we have to recognize that too. Sometimes we fall into things, and God says, hey, that's sin to you. You ever had that happen? Well, the Bible didn't necessarily say that, but, yeah, but the Holy Spirit says that's sin to you. Keep your hands off of it. So what the Bible says is, if he who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. 
That's what you get when you sow into the flesh. You reap that. Actually, there's no good thing that's actually going to come out of it. What you get is corruptible, which means that it will tarnish, and it will fade, and it will decay, and eventually be nothing. The Bible says, But he who sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. It isn't that what we all really want to do. Don't we want to live with him forever? That's what we want. We want to live with him. So the Spirit leads to eternity, at least to life everlasting. And so in verse 9, and in closing, and I wish I could have spent more time on that, but I spent too much time on the other stuff. Verse 9 says, and let, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And it wraps up really good everything that we've talked about tonight. Um, don't be weary in well-doing. Somebody, just in a brief moment, what do you think that is? What does that mean? What does that mean to not be weary in well-doing? Okay. Not get, don't get tired of, of helping people, blessing people. That's good. Think about something other than yourself. What else? Could could well-doing be? Could we put could we put the battle in for Christ in there? Well-doing, fighting the battle. Doing well by the spiritual matters, spiritual things, seeking God first before anything else. Seems like well-doing that we could put in there. What else? Anything else? Good things. And let us not be weary, tired of well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we do not faint or if we faint not. Meaning, ultimately, if you quit. As long as you don't quit. Don't be tired of going to church. Don't be, don't be tired of going to church. <laughs> don't get tired of going to church. Soon, sometime, you might not be able to go. And so there's there's a lot of information we talked about tonight. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, and and uh, you know the Lord had led me into the the, the, the weariness factor. And I and once again, some of you are dealing with some heavy, heavy, heavy weariness. There's a lot. Everybody's got different plates. Some plates are bigger than others. Some plates are smaller. Nevertheless, there's a weariness uh, that's going on in the church, and I think the really the thing that God has been is, is is saying is look out for each other, look out for each other, help each other. You see somebody trying to fade out, lift them up, and I'm not talking about fade, not just in sin, but fading out from the gospel, fading out from dedication, fading out from devotion, not desiring to do good anymore. So. There's a lot of content for us to uh, consider tonight, uh, and these are some really good scriptures. So be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged um, that there's still much to do. As Pastor said when he was up here, we got a lot to do, right? We got a lot of ministering to do. There's a lot of people out there that are hurting. One of the things, though, let me remind you, one of the things that um, is easy to get caught up in is just self. It's just self. It's thinking about self. And the old pastor here, he's got his plate is probably in triple proportions right now. And he calls me the other day to check on me and see how I'm doing. I'm thinking, he got enough stuff to worry about. And he's worried about me. But Pastor, I appreciate that. That's that stuff I, I learned from. I learned from that. I don't God forbid I ever get out of the place where we can't we can't pick up something and learn and glean from the situation. Um, it's easy to get focused on self. It's easy to be thinking about how bad our situation is or what we don't have. Um, we need to be looking at our brothers and sisters in Christ and making sure they're not falling off. So with that said, if you stand tonight, we'll be dismissed. God bless everybody at home. Thank you guys for watching. Appreciate you guys. God bless you. Love you. Love everybody that's that's uh, of the kingdom of God. We're believers, right? And we're in this together. And it's a fight. It's a war. It doesn't matter if you're here. It doesn't matter if you're at home. It's a fight. It's a fight. So hold each other up in prayer. We'll, uh, Pastor, if you would, would you dismiss us tonight in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just grateful every time we hear your word. We receive it. Take it in. And hopefully all apply it, Lord. Father God, because we know that's our fuel.
are fueled to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Without it, we can certainly not do that, Lord. Help us, God, to be about your work, your business, your kingdom. Lord, just uh, guide us along and keep us. And truly, again, Lord, we pray for all these people that are unable to be here because they're ill, facing situations, Lord, and we just lift them up to you and pray for your blessings and help to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.